today's gospel passage sounds pretty darn good. There's a lot of abiding, a lot of abiding in God and bearing fruit. Jesus is the vine, his father is the vine grower who prunes the vine so that it bears fruit. And Jesus invites us to abide in him as he abides in us so that we might bear fruit. That's all we have to do. Simply abide in him and we will bear fruit. Even without bearing fruit, abiding in Christ sounds rather lovely. And add to it that by abiding in Christ we'll bear fruit. And I I would say that we could just about pack it in for today. Except for verse 7. It's a rather, maybe ticklish, troubling kind of verse. um, Where Jesus says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. At first glance that sounds rather lovely too. Except that I'm guessing that many of us have had the unthinkable happen. We've asked God for something and God seems to have said no. So what's going on? Was Jesus lying? Was Jesus wrong? As followers of Jesus, why don't we get whatever we wish when we ask God for it? Well, for one thing, God would often have to say yes to only one of his followers when many are asking for the same thing. Take lottery tickets, for example. Uh huh. We may ask God that I win, but may be less willing to share with all of the others asking God for the same thing. The part of our prayer we don't really hear ourselves praying is, I might have to share this. Really? Well, all right, Lord, if you're going to make everyone, you're going to let everyone who wants to win, and all right, so I'm going to get about ten cents out of this thing. Ah, never mind. We often don't think of the full implications of our prayers, and deep in our hearts, we may not want God to fulfill some of our petitions. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. It's a pretty substantial if. Jesus didn't say, if you're one of my followers and seeking to be my disciple, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Jesus said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Now is this the part then where I say that if God has ever answered no to your prayer, then you don't have enough faith. No. That's not what Jesus said. So then is this the part where we get to feel bad about ourselves because we don't dwell in Christ enough and we're not good enough or Jesus-y enough? No. This is the part where we explore what it might be like to dwell in Jesus and for His words to dwell in us. Short version is, if we dwell in Jesus and His words dwell in us, we will be changed. About 14 years ago, there was a science fiction movie that was released called The Matrix. Rather popular at the time, so many of you may have seen it. For those that haven't, I'll give a brief and watered-down synopsis. In The Matrix, there was the hero, his name was Neo, played by Keanu Reeves, and he was trying to save humanity, fighting against the bad guys, called Agents. Now, the bad guys were superhuman. They were strong enough to punch through brick walls, and they were fast enough to dodge bullets. It's science fiction. So Neo, the hero, is also very strong and fast, 
But he's nowhere near strong or fast enough to defeat the bad guys, the Asians. He's training one day, and his mentor, Morpheus, tells him of the prophecy of the One. The prophecy states that the One would free humanity and would would be able to defeat the agents easily because the One would be able to change whatever he or she wanted to change in the world. Morpheus tells Neo that as strong and as fast as the agents are, they'll never be as strong and as fast as he will be able to be. Neo says, so what are you saying? That I can dodge bullets? No, Neo, Morpheus replies. I'm saying that when you're ready, you won't have to. Now, Neo is very gifted at this point in the movie. But he has not yet become the one. He isn't ready yet. He has to believe. He has to claim the mantle of the one and become the one and let the one become him. Once he does, says the prophecy, he won't have to dodge bullets. Once he does, says the prophecy, whatever he wants to do will happen. He has to change who he is and let the one dwell in him to become who he truly is. Abide in me and let my words abide in you, Jesus says. When we're not abiding in Christ, with His words abiding in us, we're often not asking things to which God would possibly say yes. Like, let me win the lottery. At the same time, I know there are often very good things for which we pray, to which God also seems to say no. Does this then mean that we're not abiding in Christ? I don't think so. When our loved ones are sick and at the point of death, for example, sometimes they recover. Sometimes they don't. Now, I've got no easy answers. If I did, they would come out in platitudes like, well, you just need to pray harder. What a bunch of hooey. Or, well, God needed your loved one. Really? I don't think God needed a whole bunch. Sometimes it seems it may be simply time for our loved ones to go. And sometimes that's all right. Then at other times their passing seems far too soon and not in any way all right. There are no easy answers for this. All I really know is, having spent years wrestling with these questions and wondering why, why doesn't God answer these prayers? Why doesn't God just heal this person? Or why does some recover and others not? I found life to be far more beautiful and far more peaceful when I can lay such questions aside and trust in God without an agenda. John tells us in his first letter, which we heard today, that as followers of Christ, our way is not to seek after God as some supernatural physician but rather that as followers of Christ, our way is to love others. Whether they're living or dying, to love others, to abide in God and love each other. God is love, John writes, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, 
And whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. So we believe in God not as a supernatural physician or as some holy vending machine or a magician to give us whatever we want when we ask. We believe in God that we might dwell in God, for God is love. And if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is perfected in us. How then are we to abide in Christ? What are we to do? Very little. It it may seem in one glance. It seems that loving one another would go a long way towards abiding in Christ. Additionally, spending time to do nothing, but simply to be, and to notice the beauty of God all around us, other ways that we might abide in Christ. The more we love, the more we come to be at peace with ourselves and the world around us, the less we will come to fear. Many of our seeming needs may vanish. Jesus didn't have an awful lot, and yet he was full of joy. He had all he needed, dwelling in God, and loving God, and loving others. As we come to dwell more fully in Christ, we'll find that we may or may not have a lot. But we may find that we are full of joy, dwelling in God, and loving others. We may just find peace dwelling in Christ. And as we dwell in Christ, we will change. Christ's words dwelling within us will change us, becoming who we truly are. Looking again at this analogy from the Matrix, Neo asks Morpheus, So what are you saying, that I can dodge bullets? No, Morpheus replies. I'm saying that when you're ready, you won't have to. So what is Jesus saying? That as we dwell more fully in Christ, God becomes the holy vending machine, giving us whatever we ask? No. Jesus is saying that when we're ready, dwelling more fully in Him with His words, dwelling more fully in us, we won't need God to be. When we dwell in Christ and His words dwell in us, we change and our prayers change. We can still let God know our desires. We should. We're encouraged to. But we can also be okay when God says no. God told Jesus no, after all. Father, please, if it is your will, let this cup pass from me. God said, no, it's not my will to let this cup pass from you. Jesus gave a pretty big if in that prayer, too. Seeking to tell God what he wanted, but also seeking to align his will with God's. When Jesus' words dwell in us, we too tell God what we want, but we also seek to align our will with God's. Even God's no's are not ways, or can be ways, in which we dwell more fully in Christ. And His words dwell more fully in us as we come to be at peace with our lives and at peace with God. So to that end, I would like to end this sermon with a prayer from Conference. The prayers that we pray just before going to bed. So let us pray. Be present, merciful God and protect us through all the days of our lives 
that we who are wearied by the changes and chances of this life may rest in your eternal changelessness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.